Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. See, I come from the school of Tupac. I'm a rival. You don't want to what? Man, me. Me. I'm not your average Negro. Hold up. I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep it real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. I'm here for those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, straight shooters? This is your girl, Tesla Figaro. We are in Women's History Month. And one of the things that we do not do in Women's History Month is celebrate Black women as we should. Uh, A lot of times our stories are diluted. They are not highlighted as they should be, especially when it comes to women that come from the communities that I grew up in, that are familiar to me, that have impacted my life in a way that has really set me on my path of what it means to be straight shot, no chaser. And today I want to highlight a couple of women. One, give the flowers to Cynthia Nunn, who is still with us, and also pay Mm. homage to her sister, Sylvia Nunn, who is no longer with us. And it is really important Mm. that we give flowers while we are alive as living history, pay homage to those that were before us. And I want to highlight what you would say, female G's. I know you don't hear a lot about that. You, It's unspoken. Unfortunately, you know, we don't have a lot of platforms, you know, to really uh, tell the story. Shout out to the homeboys at Gangster Chronicles who said, you know, you have to interview Cynthia. I said she was already on my radar to do it, but you make sure you put her on your show also. We cannot <laughs> just feature the men. You better start featuring some of the big homegirls around here. So I'm putting that right. on the record right now <laughs> right, to make right. sure. So today I have Cynthia Nunn joining me with Sylvia Nunn's Angels, Compton, California's finest. Welcome to the show. That's right. Woo-hoo. That's right. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure to be a part of your show. Yes, ma'am. Today. And that is so true. Uh, what you said, uh, not honoring the women, you know, uh, James Brown says clearly it's a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. So, you know, here we are. Yeah, you know? that's real. So yeah. let's get straight into it. And I'm just, you know, for those who haven't listened to any of my shows before, I hope that you do, particularly episode two episodes ago with Clifford Spud Johnson, uh, Spud the Blood from Inglewood, California. I met him in 1994 and I talked a lot, Cynthia, about growing up in the Midwest and my neighborhood being a Piru neighborhood. All of my cousins were Crips, but I dated the Bloods and living in my neighborhood, you know, literally growing up in the 90s. That was all, you know, that I understood and know. So I I bring that to the political space because it's very similar. You know, I try to show people how the same way you have red and blue, you have red and blue Republicans and Democrats and the way they push the line. I always say push the line politics until something happens is is identical to what I've seen the big homies do, meaning 
that it was always about their set, their family, their loved ones. And it's so many misconceptions out there, you know, with gangs and and there's Mm -hmm. negative, which you address through your organization. But I've also seen a lot of love too, you know, within those family units. And so having you on was really important because I wanted people, you know, to hear your story. And for those that are not familiar uh, with your sister, Sylvia Nunn, who was featured in uh, Gangland, and her name is, is no, she's known as Rambo. And the Nunn family, you guys are notoriously known in being a part of one of the founders of Piru. And you have taken that image and transformed it into something today that I just don't know if people are really aware about. So can you kind of start wherever you think is appropriate with you, you know, and your sister and, and, and your involvement in Piru and, and kind of how that transition to, to where you are today. <laughs> I know that's you a sure lot. Got- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot, a long story, but I'm a, I'm a go in between, you know, uh, we were one of the first Piru sets. I mean, we, was here when it started. My sister, of course, being younger than I am. But in the seventh, 1972 was when I believe the gang started. Well, we was introduced to Pyro, you know. Um, I think, well, the West Side came to the East Side. And, you know, one thing led to another and we became Pyro's, you know. Uh, gang banging, you know, basically I always say we were playing Russian roulette with our lives at that particular time. You know, we didn't know. We didn't even, I don't even think we even cared, at, you know. During that time, oh, I, I don't. <laughs> it's so much to talk I about. I know it's I a lot. Yeah, start. yeah, yeah, and and that's okay. I'll, I'll try to because that is a lot. That was a very broad question, so I'll I'll narrow it. So, <laughs> so because a lot of people don't understand, they've never seen female gangsters, and so let let me let me ask you this for those who are not familiar. When you said, you know, we became Pyru, we became, you know, we became a part of it. I was what you call a, a sympathizer. Right. Uh, for those that don't know, just really closely affiliated. But for you, you know, actually being a Pyru, maybe it's it's easier if I ask, what made you start repping the P-Funk? Like, was it, I think there's a there's an idea that somebody made you do it, or you had to do it, or you were forced to do it. But just kind of explain <laughs> what it mean. what does it mean to become a female G? Like, how, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? And how do you hold your own among men? Oh, wow. Oh, well, uh, when we first moved to Compton, of course, it was no gangs. You know, it was, it was all white people. You know, my best friend was a white girl. And that was like in the 60s. And in the seventies, once when the gangs came, you know, uh, the West side came to the East side and we didn't have a choice to say whether we wanted to become a, a power. That's, that's, that, that's all we seen. When you walk out your door, everywhere you turn, it was, it was nothing but pyros, you know? So, uh, sometimes when you don't have a choice, then you join the force, you know? Uh, and we joined, well, I speak for myself. I, I joined. You know, I became a pyro. It wasn't a join. You didn't have a choice. I became a pyro. And and holding my own was is either you had to the purpose of, of joining, you had to either hold your own, uh, you know, in instance how they say kill or be killed, you had to fight or get whooped, be apart, or get beat up. And I came up in a pretty strong family, you know, my uh stepdad, he was a fighter anyway, you know, he was a boxer and just not being scared at that particular time of nobody. We came from Watts. So we came in strong, you know. Then we started, uh, you know, hanging out with the homeboys, hanging with the homies, you know, just doing our thing. Um, People don't understand that women, and I made a post earlier this week on Banging on Wax came out in March 9th, 1993, and the, the coldest track on there was Pyru Love and a lot of people don't know that right. that was Bloody Mary a female was doing Bloody that Mary. yeah mm-hmm. and uh, there's a misconception on what women contribute you know to to a gang and I've you know we try to explain that everybody some people fight some people you know 
get into other activities. Some people shoot. shoot. Right. Yeah, some people. Some people don't do nothing at all. You got you got homegirls that do stuff right. that working in your office. You don't know who's affiliated. You know right. this. This is the biggest misconception that people that people have right. about a gang because it really right. is a family. So at that time, so let's kind of go through that. So at that time, you know, you you whip high rule. It really was back then. Bloods really did stick together. It's not as much as it is now where they will fight yes. with each other and shoot it. Bloods uh, notoriously, you know, always stick together, which is why I talk about it so much in politics, because you see the same thing with Republicans. They they refuse to break. You know, if, if somebody breaks rank, right. it's one or two and they're going to shame that person or what you call in the hood, DP, they're going right. to discipline that person. Right. And that's why I, I mirror, right. you know, how <laughs> Bloods are compared to Crips, who back then... They would right. fight each other. They had, you know, uh, some sets didn't like sets, certain sets, just like you see with blue Democrats. You know, it's such a big tent that you have a lot of inner fighting. So bloods to me, especially in the 90s, it was really hard to be a blood back then because you it wasn't the popular set, you know, back then. And, and you're talking about an era going back to the 60s and 70s. I'm just talking about just what I saw in 90s that, you know, the the rappers, the Crips kind of dominated the rap space, you know. It was the most popular set. Right. So in order to really be a blood, you had to really be about it because you were constantly yes. surrounded by enemies. So Yeah, you had to be yeah. tough. So you and your sister being female G's and going through all the things you're going through. And I encourage everybody to go watch Gangland uh, again, featuring your sister to got it, to get an example. Cause she said, I, I, I just won't forget. She said that she figured if she was going to bang, she was really going to do it. She she wasn't going to fuck around with yeah. it. She wasn't going to play no yeah. games. And, and so she, she was, her moniker was Rambo because of that. Now, yeah. later on through her life, she transitioned out. She said she's putting down Pyro and picking up Jesus. As she went through that tra that transition, where were you through through that you know through that transition? Were you also you know transitioning with her, or you know what where where were you in that in that journey? Ah, uh, where was I at when she? Because she moved to Vegas, mm -hmm. uh, right? Well, I think it was like after my mom passed away in December of '93. We all start well, me and her both. We start. Uh, transition and she moved to Vegas because she had asthma bad and the, you know out here was so polluting so they told her if she go to Vegas and we have a lot of family in Vegas I stayed here I I still was trying to figure out myself and what I wanted to do or what God needed me to do and I always say I thought that I would just start cooking because I wind up selling tacos you know the homeboys be hungry and uh so I sat around and I thought okay well you know I'm gonna make my money cooking but I guess God saw different not I guess God saw different you know that was that wasn't cooking wasn't his a part of my journey for as far as God uh goes you know uh I sat in the park in my truck and I watched the homeboys back you know they'd be over there shooting dice whatever they were doing because I would see people, I mean, being back from then till now, I knew who the enemies were and who, who they wasn't. A lot of them didn't pay attention because we were sitting in a park one day and uh, we were sitting at a bench. And I had, I think, one of my grandkids, my niece, and we sitting at this bench as hot as heck. And uh, I see this guy walking up, but nobody paying attention but me. And I'm like, man, it's awfully hot for him to have this coat on. Mm -hmm. And as he got right to the edge of the park, he started shooting. And my first thing was to dive on my grandbaby, which is what I did. And, uh, you know, everybody jumped up because he ran back, ran around the corner, I guess, jumped in the car. And me jumping in my truck going, too, because it's, it's, it's a thing with me when you do something to me. It's just that adrenaline, mm -hmm. you know, like, what the heck? So, you know, uh, just sitting around watching them and trying to school them also, like, you know, sometimes once you get a reputation, sometimes people say it's good and sometimes it's not so good because you have to constantly watch yourself, watch your back. So. You know, a vision came to me. God gave me a vision of, you know, coming back to, I always say, come back to help what, uh, clean up what I had a part of, you know, my, my, my brother, my homeboys, you know, come back and clean it up because we owe the city, you know, I feel like we owe the city. We owe these kids. We owe the, uh, so my sister being in Vegas, she, uh, teaching praise dance. She doing, you know, what she do. I didn't start doing Sylvia Nun Angels though during that time until she passed away so I was still you know watching the homeboys back trying to figure out again you know what I wanted to do what I was going to do or whatever and then when she passed away I got got a phone call she had just came down for the west side hood day and 
my sister is a little bit more outspoken than me. People always, I'm, I'm more shy than her, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, one of my niece said, you done whooped everybody ass in Compton. Now you're talking about you shy. I tell her, when you fighting, you ain't got to do no talk. No talk know. policy. Uh, yeah, ain't no talking, right, you know, but uh, she was just a, a more outspoken and I never was for cameras. You know, I always tell people, we, we lived our life, we did our thing, but she was more a TV person or whatever. I'm more Russell Simmons. I'm behind mm-hmm. the scenes. I can make it happen, you know. But at, when she passed away, then that's that's when I got my vision and to start Sylvia Nun Angels. You know, doing a lot of our life, we didn't run together. But it, uh, if I needed her, she was there. She needed me. You know, I was there. We fought. We had to fight. We did whatever we had to do to to make it. And and let me. Go back to saying gangs. Uh, I always, I'm ch- trying to explain to the youngsters today as well. Uh, like you said, in order to be a power rule, you had to be about that life. You had to go through some hits and punches and everything. You couldn't just walk on the set and say, I'm a power rule mm-hmm. as you could the Crips because there were so many Crips, you know. But you had to be, you know, putting in them guys with some tough guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't no punks at all, you know. So you had to be tough to be a pyro, especially mm-hmm. during that time. Uh, seeing so many murders, losing a lot of people and, and different things that transpired through your life make you want to turn your life around, too, as well as, you know, change your life, uh, especially when God had blessed you to mm-hmm. make it as far as I've made it or whatever, you know. You, you, but, made, uh, a, you made a statement. You said I wanted to go basically I'm paraphrasing help which you contributed to the destroy in right. other words and and right. do you ever feel because that's one of the criticisms that i see even when people turn their life around you know people say oh well you the ones that help you the one that started you the one yeah i know you can't focus on the criticism but do you ever feel it could never be enough to replace you know the the loss of life or the 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 generational damage you know that i think Right. All of us in some way, you know, has contributed to that's not on the back of any one person, any one gang, any one set. But how do you right. deal with folks who say, well, you know, you were a part of it and, and now you're trying to help. And how do you deal it? Do you do you feel. Uh, is there basically what I'm asking is, Cynthia, is there a certain level of guilt that you have that makes you continue to go on or what? What what motivates you? Do you when you say you feel you owe the city? I thought that was deep. Like it's only so much you as one person can give. But is that what motivates you? Is that coming from a place of guilt or is it coming from a place of you really are healed and you you want to reach back? Or is it a little bit of both? If that makes sense. I I, I don't speak uh, to guilt, even though, uh, uh, you know, if I knew what I know now, what I have ever did it. I I don't believe we some of us re- we really had a choice because when they came it was Paru came over there we didn't have a choice it was it wasn't something that you know we were uh, well myself is one of the first generation mm-hmm. so it was just it was something that happened and you didn't you didn't have a choice you know even for people that didn't even gangbang uh, basketball players or cheerleaders or whatever that didn't want to gangbang you still was classified if you live in a Pyro neighborhood you were still a Pyro regardless mm-hmm. of what the only difference is they protected the basketball players as well as you know it was a lot of more protection it was a lot of more unity then or whatever I don't I, I'm I mean would I do it all over again if I didn't know better yeah if uh, would I do it all over again? If I knew better, I would probably have to tell my mom to move because we stayed right across the street from Luther's Park where mm-hmm. means and everything else was at, you know. And, you know, so we really didn't have a choice. But, I, I you know, I tell the uh, youngsters nowadays, God, sometimes you have to go through something in order to teach somebody yeah. something, you know. And if, th- if, if a lot of us wouldn't have never went through, we wouldn't be able to t- talk to the youngsters today and tell them, you know, what not to do, um, you know, what they shouldn't be doing and what they should be doing. Uh, you know, we have to experience it. Uh, but I I, st- I do feel like we owe because it's it's like these kids are mocking everybody. You know, we was uh, coming up. You didn't have no peewees and no tinies. You had straight pudding. You had straight tam. You had straight China dog. You had straight savage. So 
Now you got tinies, peewees, midges, or whatever. So these kids are all trying to mock somebody that they don't even know. Uh-huh. Maybe they heard of or heard about, you know, and they don't even know the life. And that's why I say history is important. History is important for us, period. Black history is important. You know, something that a lot of us, you know, are still learning. So history is going to always be important. And if they learn their history, then maybe it wouldn't be as much killing as it is because kids are only, you know, when you got kids, your own kids, they listen to things. If you don't, if you have a friend and you talking about her and she come over, kids looking at her strange at the corner mm-hmm. of their eye, like, you know, mama, you, you know, so these, these, this generation is, I, I, I think they have been taught by the people that wanted to gang bang, but waited till either everybody died or went to prison. <laughs> they was watching out the yeah. windows and then they, you know, they came out. So it's like the blind leading the blind. You know, and these these babies deserve a chance to live. You know, we when we were younger, we did at Luda's Park. They had skating. Uh, you had, you know, it was uh, carom, basketball. We we had fun in our younger, younger ages. And then these this gang came. So you have no choice if you have a, a gang from L.A. coming into Compton to try to take over. Somebody had to stand up and defend us. Yeah. You know, and that's what it was. It wasn't so much as. You know, they just started gangbanging because they wanted to start gangbanging. It became a, a form of protecting your community, yeah. you know, and they got it twisted nowadays. You know, they these guys was protecting their community and, you know, trying to protect they they star basketball players and everything. Mm-hmm. Now these kids are just shooting with their eyes closed. You know, somebody say they don't like somebody. They just pull up and just shoot. And that's why so many innocent people getting killed, mm-hmm. you know, but I. I still feel like we all, when I say, oh, come back and let them know this is what this wasn't what it's mm-hmm. about. You know, we shouldn't, you know, this, this is not how it was, you know? And so therefore it's important to learn your history. People only hear about putting people only hear about China dog. People only hear about Tam. People only hear about Savage Volcano. These kids don't know them. They, they weren't even mm-hmm. born when a lot of them were here, you know? So you don't know nothing about a lot of them. They don't, they don't even know about, Really, really should death row, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of things. Every, everybody just based off of what I heard. Oh, uh, the homie say he don't like you or, or, you know, and then you got the girls out here just, God knows, some of them just listening to anything anybody tell them. And I always tell them if you, when, if you want a baby, you have a baby because you're financially able or you want to take care of that child, not because somebody tell you they love you because a, a nigga tell you he love you and, walk away and go take care of somebody else's mm-hmm. kids around the corner next mm-hmm. door. That's how they doing it nowadays, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's. I, I mean, this. they say they get uh, wiser, but weaker, uh, we, weaker, wiser. They need, they weaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know don't about even, why. Not even getting wise. You know, they, that was my next thing. Like, at because all. you work with, with kids, you know, in your program. And one of the things that the big home is always talking about is this younger generation, just, they just won't listen. At all. Right. How are you able to, you know, get them to hear your because ma- you're because because your organization is successful. Like people know that you touch you impact a lot of youth. You also people also know that it's a safe place uh, for for people that there's no banging allowed. No, like you really, truly have a, a level of respect in the street. I want people to know that you kind of like, you know boss mafia type mom you know where they know that no drama can go down at your spot like this is what grown-ass men tell me they you know so there's a certain level you know of respect that you have you know not just with young you know with young kids but also with the older homies they know that you know your place is a place where people can come regardless of their you know their affiliation and and contribute what they can to give back how did how do you accomplish that? You know, between the mix of the young kids not listening to nothing, you know, that they don't even listen to their G homies, you know, and so let alone somebody right. that's, you know, right. maybe not necessarily affiliated with them and still banging. How do you get those worlds to to, you know, to marry between them respecting you, between the older homies, whether it be Crips, Bloods, whatever. Shout out to Killer Mike. I love when he was in town. He came and stopped by and hollered at you. How do you get all those right. worlds to to marry a lot of that has to do with women being able to nurture being able to bring you know people together but how do you do that as a female g mm. what's the youngest age that you kind of start with in in, in in these programs i i tell them i work uh with kids from five to 80 if if you need help i'm there 
And the summer camp we do, I've been doing a summer camp for the last, except for uh, 2020 with the COVID. But before that, I've been doing a summer camp with five-year-olds to 18-year-olds to some 20-year-olds, you know. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with interacting. You know, a lot of these kids aren't as bad as we think they are. We see what's going on. A lot of it has to, a lot of it comes from home. You know, some of these kids are hungry. Uh, we don't have no more. Uh, Madeas and uh, Big mm-hmm. Mamas, you know, I mean, we have very few. Let me take that back because there we have very few. And, you know, I always say uh, praying grandmothers is what saved us. Mm-hmm. But the blessing that God had on my life, he was preparing me for everything that I'm going through. Everything that's happening is all I owe all the glory to God. He knew before I did, you know, the banging, the, the reputation. And I think kids, they accept you more when you walk, they, you know, when you walk in the life that they're trying to live, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's where the respect may come from. You know, it's not somebody that come out of a a big building with a suit and tie on or, or, or looking at them like they, you know, are nothing, you know, I I tell them I'm no better than them. I was where they were, you know, where they Mm -hmm. were at, you know, and I always explain to them, you know, uh, God saved me to be able to help Mm -hmm. you, you know, and, I think just love. I don't know if it's if it's God gave me that extra neutering or whatever because I've been a foster parent and be legally and before legally I've raised a lot of kids. A lot of kids grew up in my mom home. A lot of triple OGs mm-hmm. and OGs grew up in my mom home, you know. And then I've had a lot of Crips tell me when we were doing intervention, like, "Oh, you saved my life. You saved my life." I, some of it I don't even remember, but if I did, then I'm I'm more happy, you know, to know that I've help somebody that I've saved somebody life. I have a lot of girls tell me that, uh, oh, if it wouldn't have been for you, you know, I would have been out there in the streets. I just, I feel like if I could save the world, I would. I know that's not my job, you know, uh, but I just feel God uh, has anointed the building and I've asked for respect, you know, with my homeboys, you know, you know, I said, that's the healing spot, the building I'm in, you know, so if you see somebody here that shot your sister, mother, cousin, brother, give me the respect of not coming over here trying to do anything or whatever, you know, and God has really been blessing me in those areas and any blessings that I have or any blessings that I get, it just come from God. I don't even know what be going on. Sometimes I just know that, uh, you know, there's blessings or whatever, and you have to be real with the kids, you know, not sit there and tell them, you know, what they want to hear. You have to be real with them. And also, like I said, I think it just has a lot to do with, Growing up in my era, knowing that I've been there, you know, that I've walked them shoes. I've I've seen people walk them shoes. Uh, I've seen people get killed in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm just, it's just a blessing from God. And I mm-hmm. continue to, uh, you know, he was preparing me for a journey that I had no idea. Like I said, I, I thought I would be a cook, you know. Uh, I mean, cooking, you know, because I uh, sell tacos. The Crips would tell me, oh, you was the taco lady. We were sending all kind of girls over there, you know, to get tacos because they couldn't come over there at that particular time, mm-hmm. you know. So just knowing that um, I've been there, you know, it's not somebody that came and trying to tell a story or uh, or talk about that lifestyle. A lot of the kids, I know that they know that, you know, or they hurt their parents or father or somebody talk about you know, talk about me and my family, my brother, and, you know, uh, my brother as well that, you know, helped a lot of people. And my mom, a lot of, a lot of them was raised up in our houses. A lot of these babies, I've raised kids that are burying their kids. Mm-hmm. That's what's so hurtful and sad to me. I've raised a, a lot of these kids and a, a lot of these young ladies and, and now they burying their kids. And it's like, like, it's, it's so hurtful to me to, for them to have to bury they they kids, it, it's it's the mindset, you know. You got to change their mindset. And I tell people have good organizations, and you see a lot of guys and stuff doing good things, but you still saying "cuz" or you still saying "blood." So you're not changing their mindset, you know. You just you helping them, but you have to change the mindset, you know. You have to show them. You have to build that trust and and let them know like you know i'm here for you i it, money is not always about money mm-hmm. you know it's it's the love you know the 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 nu- nurturing you know uh coming from a place where they might be missing the love from home you know M- mama might be chasing boyfriend or daddy so they ain't getting the love they need or daddy might be chasing somebody else so they they need that love you know and i 
I'll tell all the homeboys, come back. If you grab three, you grab three and somebody else grab three, you got a, a basketball team. And then the other ones can grab three and then y'all can play against each other. You know, it's always something for them to do. And it's, it's really no interacting. Everybody is on the phone with their head down. You know, I tell my grandkids, hold your head up. You in that car, you know, you don't know people out here, but everybody, if you're at the dinner table, if you take them out to eat, if it's a party, everybody... Or if they see somebody getting beat up, you see it all on the Internet because everybody, instead of helping, you know, when we were growing up, you help. You help your people, you know. Everybody pull out a phone or record something like, come on now, yeah, you, help, you, help you just, the person, Yeah, you, you know? just made an interesting point. That is very true. And that, those are survival skills, you know, that you learn that kids are just not learning. So I'm glad to know <laughs> that you're teaching because yeah. it, it literally can make a difference between life and death. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans, to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. You mentioned, you know, people still saying blood and cuz and, and still being affiliated, but still trying to change their life into a different direction or be a positive influence. What I've noticed, uh, Cynthia, is that a lot of homies, you know, really want to help kids and they really want to. I've had this conversation right. with, with folks, but they still, you know, because it's a part of their conversation blood this blood that they still have a loyalty especially when we talk about older you know they have a loyalty to what they yes. know and all that they've known I, I just want you to elaborate on that like how do you disconnect from that but still be connected enough to relate you know to a kid so in other words if somebody's still saying blood because it's a part of their 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 conversation are you saying that 
if you are going to help children, you have to like completely change your life? Or do you recognize that people can help in their own way, but they may be different in their journey of transition? I'm not, uh, they don't necessarily have to. I mean, when you helping somebody, I just say change their mindset. You know, I talked to my brother and he always, he say, you know, when these young cats come in here, you know, they was coming in, uh, you know, he was incarcerated. Thank God they freed him. But, you know, and being incarcerated, he was like, man, you stand up there and talk to him and they blood me to death. He said, I know who I am. I have, I blood you one time. Cause when you know who you are, you ain't got to prove it to mm-hmm. nobody. You know, they know who you is. They know these names, you know, they, they, they know who, you are and where you from, but what you're trying to do is change. Cause, because if they're on a job, you can't go to the boss and say, blood, let me get my right. chance. Cause then he gonna either look at you or say, you know, what, you know, so you have to change their mindset is, is, you know, you can live in an area and I, I, I mean, we was blood, blood all our life. Like, you know, like my language was, Ooh, my kids told me every other word because I've really been working right. on it. But, uh, I'm still working on it. So keep me here. I'll be getting my cuss yeah, on. That ain't changing. No, I'm telling real. you now, if I, if I can't help nobody <laughs> yeah. with no cuss word, it just ain't happening. But you keep me no. in prayer though. I'm trying. Right. Right. No, I, they tell me I cuss, but I still, yeah. you know, when I'm so time and kids, place. I, I don't, yes, it's not like, you know, uh, blood this, I can tell them you can, rep or say, you know, you know where you're from, but sometimes what about when you're on the other side of town where you're not supposed to be and you slip up and you say that, you know, now it's it's just so, so different from, you know, when we were growing up, it's, it's so different. You don't have the loyalty, you don't have the unity because most gangsters that's sagging, it's yeah. snitching, you know, uh, I mean, snitches can live in a the neighborhood and they can run with you, hang with you, like everything have changed. And I know they say that was during your time, but uh, with, with, experience come wisdom with wisdom come experience you know like it, it was our time but apparently you guys are lost it's like they in a big time capsule and they don't know what's going on and somebody have to come back and help them and save them you know it's, it's like when you have a baby you got to teach it to crawl to walk to do these things so if you want to help them or if you want to help save their life you know you can tell them i mean Address them as homeboy, mm-hmm. homie, or whatever. Because then, if you somewhere else and you send homeboy or homie, you know, then if you used to saying that, then you won't be somewhere and saying blood or cuz. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like if if you got a if you know a big name, you know, uh, you can be like, oh, that's Suge, not he's a blood. But Suge don't have to. I just use Suge as mm-hmm. the example. Suge, you know, I'm cool with Suge. That's that's like mm-hmm. my bro. But uh, I just say like, uh, you don't have to say. Uh, sh- you know, you shouldn't come address them or, or myself, you know, when the kids come in uh, and they talk to me, the first thing I do, I get on them about sagging. Boy, I don't want to see your butt. And then how do you sag in skinny jeans? Come on. That's the worst thing in the world. You know, uh, <laughs> so they're, they're not you're, you're not a gangster. How are you going to hit a gate in skinny right. jeans if, 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 if time permits? You know, you you lost or sagging, you know, so it, uh, a lot of these gang members are, are the guys in gangs are some of the most smartest That's and intelligent right. guys that I've is. ever met. People don't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. If you, because they so busy judging them because they got tattoos. You know, we living in a judgmental world. We living in a name brand. We got name brand dummies. Some of them can't even spell their name, but they got on all this name brand. That's not going to get you mm-hmm. nowhere. You know, you, you want to uh, build, you want to have something to look forward to, you know, not just live, I'm going to say second to second nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, it's not even day for day, it's second to second. And I just want to see them live and let them know that it's more to life than just uh, giving your life up freely because that's what you do. You know, you you limit it. You can't go nowhere. We took some kids to Vegas. You, you know, they still asking to go back. Took them to, uh, I've been taking them to SeaWorld and, you know, you look at them and you see the smile on their faces and you know, this is what they, mm-hmm. you know, they happy, mm-hmm. you know. Like Dr. Dre pays for my snow every year because I my thing is some people, some parents are never be able to afford to take their kids to the snow. So why not bring the snow to them where a lot of kids will get a chance to enjoy, it, you know, uh, the reason for me doing uh, a lot of the things that that I do there is uh, like summer camp. We do Simon Says, Mother May I, Red Light, Green Light, Dodgeball, you know, it's because the kids interact with each other more. You know, everybody yeah, old school games. Old school. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm I'm very old school. And my, my kids even say that, like, 
You like you, you, I'm not, it's not that old school is just trying to teach you that you have to do more interacting, you know, because if not, you don't even, you sitting across from somebody you don't even know nothing about because all y'all know is you, you, you either met or you're on the phone, you know, and you texting and texting and talking. Nobody is talking to each other. You know, everybody got their phone out. I done went out with, with, with my daughters to eat or something and everybody got their phone out. This is where we eat. This is where we, and then I see on Instagram, Facebook, in the bathroom, at the right. grocery store. It's like, everybody don't need to know your yeah. moves, you know? And you like, came up in a time where that I'm, was definitely, I don't want you to know where I am all the time. <laughs> you, you made an interesting point. Sounds like you talk to these kids a lot uh, about social media. And I'm going to ask this and then I want to get to the programs that you're, you're doing and then I'll let you go. I'm just excited to have you on because the wisdom, I want to know the game and I know the, I, I, the wisdom to me is just amazing. I could suck it up all day. Do you think there's enough uh, for women uh, and female uh, gangbangers? There's always somebody out there talking to the, to the guys and the men. And there's this unspoken, you know, female role. You know, we touched on it earlier, but there's a there's this unspoken, you know, what it means to be whether you're a sympathizer, a female gang member, where you date an adult dealer, where you, but a female in the streets. Do you feel there's a big gap missing as far as the organizations that we lift, you know, to say, hey, you know, let's save our black men. We get it. We know that they're endangered species, if you will. We know that black men are certainly, you know, targeted on every every level of the game. But I feel there's not enough light that shined on women like yourself that can speak to other women on, you know, some of the things that they're going through. And I feel they they kind of get overlooked. And, and it's sad because these are mothers, sisters. There's so much influence that the woman has in the streets that people just don't realize. You know, people don't realize that don't. that pillow mm-hmm. talk is cold. Like a man coming home and even if she's not banging, she's still involved. She's still, you know, she still can yeah. say, oh, you know, don't trip on that. Don't Because a lot of things that men do is, let's just be honest, for the attention of women, money, women girls how yeah. they how they yeah. act who they yeah. who they, how, if they show they're tough and how tough they are and a lot of times at least in my experience you know if a woman's like oh don't trip on that you know don't don't leave that nigga alone deal deal with something else he a clown or you know whatever that influences a lot with a man men may not admit it right you know but they talk to their woman they talk to their sisters they talk to their homegirls on the set like i know females who really are the nucleus, you know, of their, of, of their organization, right. whether people agree with what they're doing or not. Right. That is a, a real, I think, issue that is not raised enough. And, and I just, I want to make that point because we're in Women's History Month. What are your thoughts on, you know, the programs and, and the different opportunities that are specifically aimed at women, you know, in the streets and how they can be, you know, better mothers and, and, and stop gang banging our, uh, they sell dope too. You know, they, they either they, they hold yeah, the sack, they hold the sack or they might sell the sack. Like, don't get it twisted. Women out here doing yeah. all of it across the board. Do you think there's a missing uh, component for not enough of that for, for women? I, I think it's not enough. I, I think they feel like because we are women, uh, women that we're not tough enough, not realizing Harriet Tubman saved them. Right. Plays, and she, and she right. was a woman. <laughs> So, you know, they need to go way back then because she's a woman, you know, actually some of us are probably even tougher because we can, I mean, you know, there was a time that we can carry the gun, the police can yep. search us. We, you can take us to target practice and, you know, we, cause they were always looking for men to do these things, but you know, women are, uh, we're just as tough. We just, you know, like they say, we, we get overlooked a lot, but we actually the toughest. I don't think a man could have a would be able to go through the pain we have of a baby. Uh, you know, we carry the menstruation. We're like we just we do it all. We have to be a mother even when the father walks away. You know, we have to be a mother and be strong when we get them phone calls that your son didn't make it or you or somebody. You know, is we we get overlooked so much till I think it makes some of us even stronger and more determined to do what we do because people figure like. Oh, she a woman. She can't do this. But I, I, I didn't see women. Not That's out, right. Me, you know, so <laughs> they don't need to get it twisted. You know, uh, I just think they feel like because we wear a dress. A lot of us wear pants, too, mm-hmm. kid, you know, and a lot of us can tie these dresses up between the middle. That's and the right. And some, you know, <laughs> so but I do think that. um that we have been, I know it's a lot of women that's trying to come out and trying to do things. And uh, and if they doing it for the right reason, then, uh, you know, I tip my 
ponytail to them or some of them, some of them doing it just to be doing it or whatever. You know, you have to be uh, deep in it, feel it from the heart for, you know, for me to know that, uh, to understand where we coming from. And like you said, uh, a lot of men, as they call it, pillow talk, but they come mm-hmm. to us women for a lot of yes, advice. They, they talk to us for a lot of, you know, me and my brother, we best friends and this, this Negro hard as heck, you know, but, uh, uh, and even a lot of my homeboys, you know, I talked to them, they came to me or whatever. I didn't, seen a lot of them break They'll down. Cry, they you know? cry to you. So, you, you mediate yeah, all kind yeah, of shit. If the yeah. homies is tripping and arguing, they come to you to say, okay, y'all, you tripping. Yeah. I mean, it's so much that the woman is involved yeah. without me getting, they that's it, without it. me getting into breaking down the details. But you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I think they think, because there are some young girls that got put on, you know, through sex. You know, that's that's odd. They got put on right. through ways that yeah. is different, you know, than what, what you know. Right. 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 <laughs> Because you came from, that's right. Because you came from a generation of, no, you got put on through, you squabbing, are you doing, you putting in work, you doing something. But the younger girls, they doing something different. And I know some sets that got more women than dudes now. Some of them got put on by some of the big home girls that put them on, you know, and then you got some men that, you know, they bring their girlfriends in various different ways. But so I, yeah. <laughs> so we'll lead at lead at there. But you came truly from the female G generation that now you got yeah. put on based on what yeah. you brought to the table as a gangster. Period. Yeah. And so I feel there's yeah. a missing yeah. conversation. You know that and I, I, I'm always you know putting you out there to say you you may not realize and I'm saying it here, but I say it all the time when I talk to Big Steel, you know, Gangster uh, uh, Chronicles podcast because he's always talking about you know getting out and having events and speaking, and I'm always saying. You got to make sure that a female's voice is there. And he'll say me. And I said, but I can speak to her from a girlfriend standpoint. I can't speak to her from, you know, literally banging. You need to make sure you have somebody right. like you, you know, part of that conversation. I can tell you, you know, my what it was like for me, you know, and the choices I right. had to make and when, you know, I, I've done things that I know I'm supposed to have a felony for. I know when I was supposed to l- lose my life, not just guessing, you know, when you got when you've had a gun right. put to your head, you know I, you were supposed to die. Wasn't no confusion about it. you know when I tell people I know that I'm I'm yeah. living. I know exact. I can tell you the day that I was supposed to die. You know, so I yeah. get my perspective, but I also know that I didn't live your life, and I pay homage to you. And I'm so glad that, like they Thank say, you. that we can see you instead of view you. I am just completely honored, you know, by this. A lot of people may not understand. I do a lot of West Coast interviews, a lot. But it really is what framed my life. It's why I talk this shit on the mic the way that I do. You know, it came from being right. around strong women, you know, and only being the only female on most occasions around guys, you know, and being having to talk that shit and, you know, back it up and everything else that comes with it. So Yes, yes, we yeah, had so- to. Couldn't run from a fight. That's right. They tell you better stand there. You better stand there. And if you run, you don't get your ass whooped. So you you know it's a go. Let me whoop. You know, that's what we had to do. You know, that's what, that's why my sister was so tough because she came up, up under us. This, you know, she's the baby. She's my baby sister. So, and then everybody hung at that house. I mean, from, Ooh, from the beginning to the end, everybody hung there. You know, everybody, like everybody hung there. You know, I, I had Crips say, boy, when we used to be uh, riding the bus up Rosecrans, our, ho- our big homie say, don't y'all even look over there yeah. at that house. They say, they, like, I hear the different stories, you know, and they make you laugh now. And I'll be like, oh, they be like, but since you cool, though, you know, at the end of the day, when seeing so many, you know, my brother, my nephews and people, you know, actually getting killed, you know, or laying out dead and, Ooh, uh, seen a lot of things that I I've seen. That was that's another thing, part of me that made me want to change as well. And my mother actually did this, and I I didn't realize. And people say, remember your mom did this because my my mother worked at the Watts Health Foundation, and she was a neighborhood health agent where they took food to you know people and stuff in the projects and even everywhere. And then she used to. Uh, that's how we met Tookie and Jamel and them because my mom started trying to stop this stuff way back. So they was at our house, you know, Tookie, Jamel and Icky, mm-hmm. number one. Like it was, you know, they all were, you know, uh, at some point in time, all came to our house, you know, a couple of times. Uh, you know, my mom and Bob Simmons at the Big Red House, they were they were close, you know. Uh, 
So my mom did a lot of the work and I, I, I didn't even trip until somebody was like, you, you know, uh, you did a lot of work. You know, I just, I always have to give God all the honor and the glory for just being so good to me. Cause like you said, feeling like you were supposed to lose your life at a certain time. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it. I've, I've, I've experienced it. And I'm like, it's, 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 I mean, when I look back on and I think about my life, I sit down and some, and a lot of times through the day, I'm always thanking God. I'm always talking to him because I, I mean, there's so many people have left here. And I was like, oh, I remember when that happened to me. And I remember this. And, you know, even with my sister, um, my sister, she started getting real crazy. Like, you know, my brother, you know, um, I mean, just I, I do. Sometimes I, I, I do. I, I always talk to him or whatever, you know, because he's been really good to me. And I feel like these babies need to live. You know, they need to know that there's a, another part of life than killing each other. And how do you just you know, you, you, they say that, you know, we did it, the homeboys did it, but y'all don't actually know what transpired during that time. All you know is what you might be hearing from somebody that was watching in the window that didn't know, that couldn't gangbang. You know, again, like I said, I, the window watchers are now the shot callers, you know, ain't never banged a day in their life, you know. I just, you know, I always urge anybody to come back and try to help, help these kids because it takes a village and I'm just one part of the village, you know, uh, c- come back and help these babies live. You know, I, I talk to some of these kids and I uh, uh, have a, a friend that does mental health and he comes in when I have the kids and and they just start opening up to him, you know, and met a little young lady. The first time I met her, I, like wanted to snatch her. But but then when she starts sitting down telling me, girl, smart, straight A student, but her problem was at home, you know. So a lot of these babies are going through stuff and, and a lot of them are being judged and then they get angry. They mm-hmm. mad. You know, they mad. They Some of them are just mad. Some of them just out here following suit. But a lot of them are mad. You know, they mad. Uh, whatever they mad for, they mad, you know, and they need somebody to talk to them and they don't want to hear from the, the, the psych that read a book. You know, as a lot of the people come to me that look me up and say, I'm a gang expert. I say, well, what make you a gang expert? You know how to drop and roll? Cause that's what our kids did for right. a gang, dropping and <laughs> right. rolling when we hit each other. That's right. So how, uh, you know, what's your experience? Cause no book on this earth can tell you about that's gang. right. Man, that's so, so real. You, yeah. On my post, when I said yeah, that, somebody you know, said, Oh, you know a lot about the culture. And I said, It ain't, I said, No, matter of fact, that's literally what I said on my post. I said, It's not about knowing about it. that's somebody who read it. I lived it. It's a difference. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. When you get to sit down with a big homie, it's just a lot that I just want to talk. I'm, I'm not going to take all of your time, but 
I want to say that that I, I definitely want to reach out to you on mental health for the homies because that's exactly how that is set up. And it is designed so that people can have access to a peer and a professional. And that's a project that I'm doing because the mental health that we need, you know, just to deal with the trauma, even myself, you know, telling that story of what it's yes. like to be traumatized, assaulted, young, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you, right. how do you train, how do you make that into to something positive? Your eyes have seen a lot. And that's why people don't know that you and I are looking Ooh. at each other. And I wanted to look into your eyes just because I understand that your eyes have literally seen a lot and how, you know, how yes. do we manage that and how do you take that into, you know, making that something good, especially with women. They need to know that it is somebody out there like you because they just they just don't see it. Um, it's just not available to no, them. You are a legend in Compton, California, all over, not just Compton, over California, period, all over this country. But there's Thank still you. a lot of people that don't know about you. And I want to do my part. So before we get out of here, tell us just a little bit about your organization, the programs that you do, how people can, you know, connect the website, you know, donate, get involved. If there's a, I know you talk about uh, some annual events that you do every year, but tell us a, a little bit about that because we want to make sure that, that we get that plug in. So for our annual events, anything pertaining to the kids, uh, what Christmas giveaway, toy giveaway during Christmas time, we do the, I actually am getting ready for my Easter basket giveaway. We do uh, backpack giveaways. And sometimes I just do an event, like set up a carnival, uh, you know, for a carnival for the kids to come through. But anything that's pertaining to the youth, I'm right there, clothes, giveaway, uniforms, shoe giveaway, any, anything for the kids. Uh, I uh, every year, you know, every year I do that. We do turkey giveaways. We do a free food giveaway every Saturday. We were doing Bible study. The pastor, he moved to another church. So either we'll get another pastor or we can go over there where he at. We do mentoring, tutoring. We was doing after school until COVID came. A lot of things that we were doing every day or daily, you know, uh, COVID stopped us. Any, anything that we can do for the uh, youth, we do backpacks for the homeless, anything we can do to help somebody. That's what we do. Well, I'm going to do my part to keep pushing the line in politics, politics until something happens. I want to thank you for coming by, you know, to allow me an opportunity to pay homage to you. And I want to say this. It's a couple of things you said as, as we close. This is really important that I, I pour this into your soul. And you said, you know, I thought I was going to be a cook. And I want you to know you are a cook. What a cook does and what a chef does is take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and they turn nothing into something. And you have been able to do that, not just in Compton, California. Oh, thank you. But in America. Thank you. And, and all over, you've been able to touch hearts that have been broken. You've been able to touch people uh -huh. that have been forgotten about. You truly are the GOAT. And when I say GOAT, it is not just thrown around, you know, lightly when we say the greatest of all times, because that's something that people love throwing around lightly. But you are the GOAT because you're about the shepherd's business. And because you're a woman Thank of God, you. you understand that when it's all over, we will have to atone for what we've done. And it said, the Bible says that when you are called, because we all are, it's just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And when you have to be before the throne, he said he will separate the goat from the shepherds and the shepherds will be the ones who were about the shepherd's work. And he will ask, when you did of these things, you did them unto me. So the fact that you reach back to the homeless, the fact that you reach back, you know, to those in prison, the fact that you give people, you know, other options. Those are the things that he said, when you did these things, you were done unto me, the least of these so I want you to know, sister, that your work is incredibly important. And I know you hear it all the time, but I just wanted to get it on the record that I, you know, said it to you because there's a certain responsibility that we have on this microphone to make sure that not only, you know, uh, are we telling stories, but that we're also making making it known you know, of the importance and paying homage. That's really important to me, not just because it's Women's History Month, but I, I try to live that history every day. You know, living history is so important. We have to talk about who's out here doing the right. work right now to give them the flowers, you know, while they're living. So I just want you to know that, sister, that you are a cook, you are a chef, short order cook, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> because that's the Thank only you. way that you can, that somebody can get bloods and cribs and you, I mean, enemies to come together for the good of those that love the Lord, which is the least of these. So I, I want you to know that so that you can understand that God still had a plan for you. 
when you was making those tacos and you was putting okay. the cheese and they was coming over on the other <laughs> side of town and coming to get it, they coming to get that word from you right. now. You feel, you know, you're you're literally feeling the soul. And, and anybody can eat physically, but who's feeding the soul? And so that's what you're doing. So he did make you a cook. You just didn't know that you'd be cooking like this. You, you didn't know that this would be uh, your journey. And so that's why we have to give him Thank all you. praise, like you said, all through this, all praise. And people who yes. don't like it on my show, oh, well, log off, because that's what it is. When when you've made it through, you only know <laughs> it, it got to be the most oh, high. Yeah. It can't be nothing else <laughs> about the most nothing high. Else. And if you don't know that, then you nothing haven't been else. through enough. So that's the bottom line. So you can certainly... Uh, you know, I certainly agree with you on that. So thank you so much, sister. I appreciate it. Uh, for those that don't know, we've had a lot of technical difficulties. My, my producer is going to edit it all out, but I want to put this on the record, too, that there's been a lot of technical difficulties throughout this interview. And that is because principalities is aware, always aware you know, of of the good that we're trying to do. And so we have to continue to keep pushing the line. If the technology fails, we log back in. If they tell us no, you know, in the streets, we we keep on going. If if a child says, I don't want to hear from you, you keep on going. You keep loving, you keep praying, you keep hugging, you keep reaching out and setting some folks straight. That's necessary too. You know, every, every now and then I got to, right. you know, <laughs> sometimes right. you got to get this tough right. love and do what we call a discipline. Right. So I just want you to know that. Uh, and know that everything you're doing is in purpose and in reason. And just thank you for allowing me to talk to you and and look in your eyes. And again, uh, anything I can do to elevate your story, please always send me, you know, uh, you can DM me at any time. If there's an event that, you know, I, I can help promote. I'm only one person. I can only do so much, but I, I do want to do my part. And we use that a lot as excuse. People say, oh, I'm just one person. I can't do it. But we don't even see them doing their part. So I want to do my I want to do my part, you know, whatever that is to continue to to elevate your story and to make these men recognize your story, too, because they're going to start. They got to start putting some of these homegirls out it and stop acting like they was doing this by themselves because you wasn't. So. Right. Right. So right. I thank you. I thank right. you so much. And I know, you know, it, it just means a lot to me. I'm kind of. I'm at a loss for words. You know, it's different when you grow up in a pyro hood. It's different when you sit down like with an original pyro. You know what I mean? It's different because because <laughs> they was just saying right. it, but it's different when you when you have a chance right. to really talk about you know what it meant you know for for you then and, and what you're making and now and that's my prayer. I, I hope that you know all Bloods and Crips can realize the same organizing strength that they had then to 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 push a line that we can bring that to politics. That same G code could apply to politics. And that's what I want to do. I know the nonprofits are important, but we need the politics too, because it's the politics and the politicians that decide if your organization will be funded and if they can cut a check and who that's can right. bring money. So we have to do, I'm certainly doing my part to get folks, hey, let's start running some folks for mayor. You want to run for mayor? Let's start running. Maybe you need to run for mayor of Compton. That's you know, right. we, I'm done with this just sitting back. You know, it's time to start putting some G's in place. Because right. once you put some G's in place, I promise you, all this shit we see will be cleared up ASAP. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean yes, that because yes. it, it's going to be straight gangster moves. <laughs> so please true. let me know that's if you ever want to run for mayor. Let, let's get it going city council something because you deserve to have a stake in deciding you know how things move in your city you've earned it the same way you said you feel that you owe the city that can be applied to in politics because you owe the city but guess what the city owe you too and and so by doing that let's Thank put you. you know position people in, in leadership positions and if it's not you and if it's somebody you know let's get them going let's get them trained let's get them going you you have nothing literally to lose i tell people even if you lose the race you still have you still can bring a thousand people to the polls to say listen i got a thousand riders with me that's just the same thing as just having a gang a set yes. and because you are able to organize mm -hmm. people like that they will listen to you they will take your demands a little bit you know, more serious. I tell the homies all the time in Inglewood, every blood you know should have a contract at the new Inglewood Stadium for the simple fact that it's built in Inglewood. Yes. If we mm -hmm. organize the same right. way that the streets was organized, the OGs, BGs, YGs, and you got a set that's moving forward, if we did that same thing in politics, I guarantee we'll take it to a whole nother level. And that's what my mission is. I'm trying to get, you know, as much people that, that know that have lived that life 
at least for me. I'm not asking people to be, you know, experts in politics. I'm just asking that we start seeing things a little bit different. So because having a city council person that, that got love for you because they know where you've come from, they're going to make sure, you know, that your organization is funded. They're going to make sure that you have the resources to continue to stay open. And we can't do that until we start getting people to run on these local levels. So you let me know when you're ready to run for mayor. That's so true. we can go ahead and say Cynthia Nunn for mayor, because <laughs> I know we can get at least two, three thousand folks. It don't take a lot. It don't take a lot to win these races. I tell you, when you start right. looking at these seats, it's like right. 10, 15. I was talking to MCA about mm-hmm. it. I said, let's look at Compton. Let's see. When I was talking to Steele, I said, when you really talk, you only talking about like 20, 30,000 people to go to the polls because everybody don't vote. Right. So I know the homies got that type of right. influence to shift things. So you let me yeah. know when you're ready to run, yes. sugar, because that might be your next <laughs> that might be your okay. next call. <laughs> Cynthia <laughs> Nunn for mayor. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, you uh, like that sound? <laughs> all right. I really enjoyed myself. I mean, it was an honor and a pleasure. And anytime you need me to come on, you got let it, me sis. know. You got I'm it. We're going to keep on elevating you. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to Straight Shot. No Chaser. Women's History Month. Living legend, Cynthia Nunn. Living. We want to give her flowers right now. We don't want to wait on history to pass us before we pay homage, especially to the homegirls from the West. Until we meet again, y'all, thanks for checking in. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot, No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot, No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tesla Figure. And I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne the God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic. And at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.